0: Alright, welcome back. It's 3.52 here on the Blitz 1170. We are streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app as well. Uh, don't forget that we want to hear from you in the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma Text Line, 918-262-5072. That's 918-262-5072 here on the program. Um, I want to kind of take this segment to mainly focus on Kansas City here. I don't want this to turn into a sob fest over me because it's my favorite team that ended up losing. I don't think that's fair because, as I said before, one, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Two, you have to weather every single storm that comes along your way through the course of a season that is nothing but potholes and obstacles and hurdles in every sense um, to never give up on the core identity of who you are through the course of the season because you might hit a rough patch, and to just find ways to get it done while reinventing yourself. And I know everyone is is quick to say that in terms of, of dynasty, this little mini stretch here that's happened over the past six years is remarkable and who am I or anyone else to, to call it a dynasty? You can view it however that you want. But this segment is more geared towards just the greatness that is Kansas City. Because everyone's very well aware about how difficult it is to repeat as a champion. Hasn't been done. It, virtually it's a cycle on every 20 years we get a, a repeat champion. Outside of San Francisco butting up close to the, to the Dallas back-to-back champions not everyone is is able to do that and it takes an incredibly special group of players but it takes a really freaking good coaching staff and a really good front office to get that done and that's what kansas city has in front of them i don't know how you guys feel about this run from kansas city and what we are witnessing now, but uh, all hail the greatness that is the Chiefs, right? I, and I, I don't really know what else to say about it because we, we're, we're, we're witnessing, we're witnessing it again. I just caution is all that I say when you're trying to compare it to a year of of twenty years, and maybe they eclipse what they did over over the next twenty years. But uh, man, in this version of it, it's time to stand up, salute, and. Uh, just talk about how amazing that this version of the Kansas city chiefs actually is.
1: I think when you talk about dynasties to the highest level, right? Cause there can be different levels of dynasties. Like for example, like the Braves baseball dynasty in the nineties, right? Only one championship, but running off all those division titles, for example, that's, that's like a lesser level dynasty. But in terms of championships, I mean, to me, it's always been the number three, right? Like, mm-hmm you get three titles in a period of time with the same core type of group that to me goes into the dynasty category and that's that's what they cemented last night yep and you know it's it's a group that i think again the core pieces look like they're going to be there for the foreseeable future and and we'll see what they're able to add ultimately to the legacy but yeah i mean i i don't look at this and now say like this is the greatest dynasty in NFL history or that, you know, the Mahomes has now surpassed Tom Brady and, you know, all that. Like, I, I think we can wait until we compare a full resume to a full resume. But, yeah, I mean, what they did last night and, and accomplished and, and now to get to that third title in, in this six-year run with Mahomes and six AFC Championship games, four Super Bowl appearances, three titles. I mean, it's it's been pretty incredible, and they are now – the standard in in this version of the NFL and as you said it i mean you have to to be the champ you have to beat the champ and it kind of feels like you know they're not necessarily going anywhere and it's a it's a team that i think we've seen different versions of throughout this run and this specific version was so reliant on dominant defensive play which which they were able to accomplish late you still have the all-time x-factor that that is Patrick Mahomes to make plays when you need him to make plays but they've they've been able to throughout this run identify weaknesses and dedicate all their resources to making it a strength right it was it was the offensive line after that buccaneers super bowl where where it felt like mahomes was sacked every time they snapped the football the next year it was arguably the best offensive line in the nfl and and throughout this run the defense hasn't been special by any means. And I mean, throughout the season, it was one of the best defenses in the entire league. And, and what the defense did, I think on this post-season run against Buffalo, Baltimore, and San Francisco, I mean, it's a strength and it's a bunch of young guys, right? Like Chris Jones is one of the most dominant defensive players in the league without question. But outside of Chris Jones, you got a lot of young guys that that make up the majority of that defensive roster. And that side of the ball doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. And if, if they're able to now identify that, you know, the pass catchers around Patrick Mahomes, if that turns into a strength again, uh, which the trend would suggest that that's what they've been really good at doing. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they've addressed the areas of, of the roster that have needed to be addressed. They've spent money in smart ways and people wanted to bury them when they let Tyree kill go. And they now have two titles without Tyree kill um, yeah, I think from top to bottom, it's it's an, an organization that has been run really, really well through this stretch.
0: And I think that um, the athletic, I think, does a pretty good job here of laying this out. And I I tend to agree with this. And it's one of the reasons why this this stretch here of of five years and. I think five years is enough of a litmus test. Like if you've, if you've dominated to a certain extent over five years and also added three championships in a, in a term of you know, five years, then that's uh, you're, you're doing something there. Thanks, Captain Obvious. But um, the Chiefs, and I'll just read this paragraph, the Chiefs are the rare team that can win it all repeatedly with their merely decent teams no one will point to 22 or 23 chiefs as an all-time great team individually 23 team was the 28th best in franchise history according to some of the pro football references the rating systems that they have which uses point differential and strength of schedule to produce a rating that doubles as a point against an average opponent um... You know, the 69 team, if you were to use that, would be the, the you know, by far the best team. The 19 team was the sixth best team in franchise history of just going off of that rating. And I get that, like, all of this is arbitrary of whether or not you look at at rating systems or not. But I've heard so many people this year say, bro, if they go and win a championship this year. And a lot of people were saying that in in, like, the October-November versions of the Chiefs that if they're able to go and win it during a so-so season, even against top quality opponents and their path to the playoffs, man, or through the playoffs with the with the Niners, the Ravens, the bills and the dolphins. I mean, that is a gauntlet of this year's version of some of the best teams in, in the entire league. If not the two best teams um, that were talked about the entire year, then I don't know what it is. And, uh, crunch time mattered most they they went to work and and got it done and firm belief in who you are as a team and also being able to have the stability and continuity of bringing like those staffs back I mean dude they might br- they, they might bring back Eric enemy. I mean he was in the meeting rooms this week like what if they bring him back and add him to the staff now they're, they're just adding another piece to the puzzle <laughs> like if yep. you were like when when the Patriots lost dudes and they didn't work out somewhere else, which was the majority of them. Guess what? They would all come back home to Bill, right? <laughs> They'd right. all come back home to Bill. And now, like here's the enemy that left. He's coming back home to Andy. I wouldn't be shocked by that at all, would you guys? If you don't see him back in Kansas City, and they're just adding another piece to it. Like Spags isn't going anywhere. Matt Nagy's not going anywhere. And you're gonna add your former OC play caller, or at least co-play caller or co-contributor. Back, back into the fold already with Andy. Andy's good enough as he is, and they they find one guy or or address what they have going on at wide receiver, which is wild, and fix some problems on the outside. And they, I mean, hell, they just won it without even addressing those needs. That's right. Quite frankly, <laughs> they went and got back McCall Hardman, who was a member of the freaking Jets. And brought him back, and then caught the winning the winning play in the Super Bowl. It's it's remarkable, man. It's absolutely remarkable. And I did not want to spend this day just boohooing and, and you know wallering around about the Niners, uh, when the fact of the matter is is that you you can't do anything but just over the top praise what Kansas City has been able to accomplish.
1: It's it's incredible. Again, they they've been able to do it in different ways, and and they've rebuilt the team. I think they said. Last night during the broadcast, that Chris Jones is the only holdover defensively. Yes, that's it from the last from the, the the first Super Bowl against the Niners.
0: That's it. S- I mean, that's incredible, yeah. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Like that's incredible, and that side of the ball is absolutely loaded. I mean that 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 defense is no joke, and we saw it on display throughout this entire postseason run. And to think that they won a Super Bowl just a few years ago, and Chris Jones was the only member on that side of the ball is wild. And and again, that offensive line. They got completely dominated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had five brand-new starters the next year, right? And and all of a sudden, it's a strength and, and was viewed as the best offensive line in the league immediately after being a weakness. So, yeah, I think they, they have shown the ability to not only be honest with their self-scouting, because that's a big part of it, right? Sometimes teams just aren't honest with where their deficiencies are, which prevents you from ever taking the right steps to to address those those issues and they, i mean they they build around and call games around what the strength of their team is mahomes might be like there's a there's a possibility that when it's all said and done mahomes does become the greatest player ever in nfl history right i mean he's a young guy of course. that that could happen i'm not saying it will but it could happen but to, to, to win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes and the offense is somewhat of an afterthought because your defense is so good and your, your game plan and play calls are geared toward the strength of your team, which is the defense, and not your superstar quarterback. I mean, that's, that's what great coaching really is, right? It's not trying to, to make a round peg go into to a square hole because that's the way you do things. Like, you have to adapt to what every individual team is, team's identity changes from year to year, and figure out your strengths, self-scout, and give yourself the best chance to win. And, I mean, Kansas City is loaded on the field with, with some really good players, and there are some deficiencies on this team, but they don't win the Super Bowl if they don't have people in leadership roles, whether that's the front office or the coaching staff, that are smart enough to say this is what we're good at, this is what we're not, and this is the way that we need to to play football if we're going to have a chance to win games.
0: And they are running rings around the rest of the league right now. <laughs> Gosh. Uh... And, you know, all the questions about, well, you know, Andy this, he's 66, and Travis is 34, like, that's all for, for a different time. But uh, I just – and maybe they ultimately become victims of everyone trying to hang around too long. I, hell if I know, but, <laughs> man, that is a uh, – that is a, an organization. I just want to go back over their, like, their draft classes – over the last couple of years. And the other part of this that you could probably spend some time on today and just continue to gush about how good that they've been overall as an organization. But, man, they got some flat-out dudes on the back end of that defense that are absolute all-pro game-changer types, that all they did was identify a problem that they had from years ago and went and fixed it. Now, some of that leads to some of the issues that you've seen from a receiver standpoint, but who's to say now that the next version of this isn't they've got their back end of the defense figured out? Like, dude, how good is McDuffie? Like, like in all honesty. Like, McDuffie, McDuffie not only – is an incredible cover guy, McDuffie will thump you too. Like there is no Sneed is an absolute monster that's back there. Oh, they they've got right. that. Like that's what you want. You want those those guys. And now they have it because they've they've identified talent so well now it's time to go and fix the other side of it again within reason of what you can do within the limits of the salary. Uh, salary cap, and I, um, I can't sit here and tell you that they're not going to be successful because you know as well as I do that they're going to be yeah. successful and they're going to find a way to get that, that uh, side of it that they're not very good at fixed, at least for now.
1: Leo Chennault at linebacker. <laughs> oh, guy yes. they, they got that, that, you know, I thought flew under the radar in the draft. Uh, Nick Bolton obviously has been around for a while now, but he was a homegrown guy. Carl Loftus, who they took last year, has been exceptional. You know, the, the Kansas state kid, whose name is escaping me, who they took last year, wasn't even really a big part of the team this year. I mean, that's kind of been recently the one, I guess I, I I wouldn't even call it a miss necessarily. They just didn't, you know, that he wasn't really in the rotation much and maybe he'll turn into something. Maybe he won't, but that's really been the only draft pick of the last few years in, in the higher rounds that, hasn't immediately turned into something. I mean, the Rashi Rice pick, we we were talking about it at the draft last year. Like, what a steal in the second round to get a guy like that who, you know, we all thought immediately becomes their best wide receiver. And it took some time for for him, I I guess, to – to uh, make that transition and then for, for them to have enough trust in him. But he turned into wide receiver one on that roster. And
0: well, dude, even the Pacheco pick. Carried that pick. torch
1: down the stretch. He, he, the Pacheco pick, Even that's the right.
0: Pacheco pick. Like, Pacheco is in football hell at Rutgers. And Rutgers has been terrible. and yeah. uh, But you go, and there were moments. In that, am I trying to sit here and say that I watched every Rutgers game? Of course I didn't. But there were moments in that where you looked and you are like, that guy is on an offense that stinks that they can't throw the football, that they are just absolutely pounding this dude over and over and over again, and he he was pretty freaking good for them. And it doesn't matter. Like they were able to go and, and spot and see, like, all right, this is more of a microcosm of what's happening with Rutgers offensively in the system compared to how good of a player that it is, and that's yeah. he's he's how good has he been for them? It's just they do their homework as, as well as anyone has over the past several years.
1: I mean, they're not able to play the complimentary football this year. Not even close. If they don't have Isaiah Pacheco, right? If they're still rolling Clyde Edwards-Alaire out there, it's, it's a complete, I mean, you know, you, you don't have the ability to play that brand of football. And he's had his and, moments
0: too, right? Like Clyde Edwards-Alaire right? had his moments early on, and now it's like, all right, you've been in the league four years. Guess what, buddy? see ya we don't really care bye bye like it's your your time here is done like it's over we've got we've got this now and they just start the cycle over again
1: when they needed to rebuild that offensive line they took creed humphrey and trey smith that draft right and then they they filled the other holes like via free agency but yeah those two now are are parts of that interior that are young and still on on early deals and a big part of just the makeup of that offense
0: Anyway, I just wanted to take a segment to say that I well, what else can you say about them other than they are they're so good. They're they're so good at so many different areas. And the respect for Andy even though uh, I'll tell you what. If I was Andy, I'd be pissed at Travis Kelsey for like trying to shoulder charge me on the sidelines because you're angry because someone fumbled while you're not in the game. It's just like, yo, chill a little bit. Even though they they laughed about it afterwards, but it's like that's that's how much I appreciate Andy. It was just like, ah, that's uh, that's a little bit wild. By the way, funny moment last night. Did you? Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but. I heard someone talking about this. After the game was over last night, I guess who's was on the sidelines trying to get a little love from Andy. That was Fat Dom, the security guard from the Eagles, who was there personally no escorting, way. personally escorting Howie Roseman. Like, per, like he was Howie's security guy that was there. So a guy that got barred from the rest of the season was still on the sidelines for the Super Bowl. And Howie goes up and, like, tries to steal, like, the moment from Andy, like, and it was maybe one of the worst, like, cold fish hugs that you've ever seen in your life. Like, Andy had more love for Fat Dom than he did for Howie, and it was hilarious when the game was over. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you down there trying to give Andy a hug? Get out of here, like, Howie. This, this marriage is over, and it's been over. Like, what are you doing? He's so stupid. Uh, props to you, Kansas City. Props to you. All right, it's 412. Uh, here on the blitz 1170 we are streaming live on the blitz 1170 app hope that everyone had a a good weekend we've got a snack for you coming up in about 30 minutes we've got dusty dvorak we've got john holcomb as well on the uh, opposite side of the snack that's coming up in the five o'clock hour here we've got the TU coaches show that comes up at six o'clock here on the blitz 1170.